Uh, Father, we are just thanking you uh, today for um, your guidance so far um, with this class and also especially with this topic of faith towards God. Thank you, Lord, for bringing utterance, wisdom for your servant, Pastor Bukumi. He was able to take us through the manual. And thank you for all the lessons, the nuggets, the gifts of understanding which you've caused to drop over the last few classes. I pray, Lord, that tonight you will come and breathe upon them afresh and come and build upon them by your spirit. And we pray that your spirit will come and steer our conversation and our meditation tonight. Steer us, Father, into answers. Answers, if there still be anything that is unanswered concerning even the understanding of the principle of faith, I pray, Lord, let your spirit breathe upon it and open it up. Don't let anything remain hidden from us. Show us the secret of this mystery of faith. Thank you. Move upon every heart. Help every heart tonight. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for you. Use me and guide my heart and my mind and my tongue and, and help us to, to arrive at the place which you've designed in your mind for us to get to today. Thank you, Father. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, okay, good evening to everybody. Um, you're very welcome to um, today's class. We've got into the end of chapter three. Uh, we thank God for the progress that we have made so far. And um, thank God for all the pastors that the Lord has used, beginning uh, from Pastor, Pastor Ceci and then Pastor Femi. And also Pastor Bukumi, who took us through the last three classes when we've been on uh, the subject of faith. Uh, so I hope everyone has been blessed by Pastor Bukumi's teaching. Um, he, he taught so, I don't, I don't know if I can use the word eloquently, but I, I really feel he was able to pass uh, the message across. He was able to uh, lift the thoughts from the manual and um, able to represent it um, in a very clear way uh, for all of us. Uh, so I want to thank you. Thank you so much, Sam, for uh, allowing the Lord to use you in that way. Um, my hope for today is for, um, for us to just have further discussion and also give a chance for answers and uh, for questions, those of us who might have. And I hope that we will have some questions. Um, I think faith is actually a subject that you can have a lot of questions if you think about it. If you just think about faith, maybe only scripturally, uh, you might feel like you have all the answers, but when you think about it practically, you find that a lot of a lot of uh, answers can, sorry, questions can begin to come up. So I, I believe the Lord will help us a bit to, um, think about it practically a bit, especially um, the subject of faith towards God, which is the beginning faith of a Christian. 
and that fit is designed um, especially for um, to have a almost a visible practical dimension to it because it's not the most mature you know level of faith that a Christian can have it's just the beginning part which is all the faith that we all have, have started with as babies as Christians so there's a huge part of that faith which um as you know um a lot of practical you know in the way we use the word practical a lot of practical um application you know in a sense and I'm sure that um, those of us who would like to know more about those things, um, because Grace, you have a question you can ask. Um, I, I was just thinking of maybe to open up the discussion, um, maybe just to pick the, an aspect of the teaching that sort of, I, I guess, stood out to me in my spirit to uh, maybe delve into just a little more and to, to see if we can get understanding. Um, by God's grace, I I stayed on the waters of faith for some time, for some years. Uh, so there were a few years of my life where I was learning nothing but faith. Um, that was a few years before I um, encountered the word of righteousness. So I went through, you know, the teachings of faith in their different flavors and their different spices and um and I, I landed at the apostle of faith himself daddy hey kenneth reverend kenneth e hagen of blessed memory um uh, who was the one who um received an apostleship from the lord jesus himself the lord jesus appeared to him and told him that was many many decades ago he told him go and teach my people faith and after then, we saw um, the way his life played out and his ministry that um, a lot of the, the works which he produced, um, his books, you know, his um, videos and his audio messages became sort of the foundation uh, for, you know, what we call the word of faith movement, you know, on the earth, which is centered around um, the faith towards God, or what you, what you also call faith in the Lord um, Jesus. Now, if I could, summarize um i don't know if it's too ambitious for me to try to do that but if i could summarize um the teaching of faith um that daddy higgin taught and which we see from the bible if i could summarize it in one sort of a phrase or a sentence to say okay what is faith maybe not going by the scriptural uh, Hebrews 11 definition of faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. If I want to summarize it, I would say that faith is believing and acting on the word of God. And that's in summary what faith is. It's, it's believing and acting on the word of God, right? Uh, you see the Bible speaks about those two aspects of faith um which is the believing side and then the acting side and those are the two components in the new testament that crystallizes what faith is right um now i'm um, having said that um it's very key then that um we are able to zero in on when you say word of god like practically uh what are we 
what are we really speaking about, right? You know, are you speaking about um, the written scriptures? You know, are you, can you just read something in the Bible and say, okay, this verse says this, therefore, this is the word of God, therefore, I believe it, and I'm just going to do what it says, maybe. Um, is that how it works? When it says the word of God, does it mean maybe listening to a message at all? Does it mean um, hearing the spoken voice of God? You know, I know the word of God can can mean a lot of things to each of us. Um, so um, the question I guess I want to answer is, um, of course, we know faith is a substance. As we taught that, is a substance and evidence means it's something that can actually come into your heart. You know, that was the thought. It, you, know, you can have faith. You know, the Bible said, have faith in God. Jesus said that. You can have faith in your heart. And we know from the Bible, too, that you can have it in measures and in quantities. You know, Jesus spoke about, in all Israel, I have not seen such great faith, centurion servant. And at some point, he now said, O ye of little faith. So you see, little faith, great faith, it means that faith um, is in substance, is in measures, is in quantity. You can have a little of faith and and you can have a lot of faith. Um, so maybe I will ask a general question. I wanna I wanna go from the 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 basics, just the basics of um the concept of faith. Um now as a Christian. Maybe I should put it as a question. As a Christian, the fact that you know um, that, let me see how to phrase it. Um, okay, I, I want to phrase it in a, in a common way that we talk. Okay, uh, let's say that there is a need somewhere, maybe a need in your life or something. And then, you can speak to a believer and a believer will say, okay, you know, let's just believe God. I mean, that's a, I'm sure that's a common language that you've heard or someone has said to you as a Christian. And it's a language we use all the time. Um, now, when you when someone says, okay, let's just believe God, let's trust God, let's just have faith. Um, when we say that, that can mean, mean a lot to different people. For, for those who are educated about the, the, the doctrine and the principles of faith towards God, um, just believing God can mean a lot of things that need to be done in terms of process of how to you know get his met, how to answer, get God to answer your prayers and all of that. Uh, but somebody who is not too educated can just take that and say, okay, um, let's just believe God in a sense that the way you can maybe just believe your father and just or just believe your mom or something, you know. So. Um, I want to I want to paint a picture, then I'll ask a question, and see if there's anything wrong with that picture. So let's say that um, one thing is certain: we know that God is not short of resources. So God is not short of power. He's not short of. He can bring power, money. He can bring anything that we need. I'm sure we 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 believe that. Um, but we know that we, there are Christians, believers who are born again, but who still lack things that 
we know that God desires to give them. So based on maybe our understanding of faith, um, what is the what is the can a believer just say, okay, because God is all powerful and God has everything, He has no limitation. Can a believer, based on that knowledge, um, summarize that whatever they need they have that they can identify will be met? And if so, why? If not, why not? I don't know if you, my question is understood. Uh, if anybody understood my question, just, just say I, I understand. Anybody? Okay, if not, I, will, I, will, I, will, I understand, will. Pastor. I understand, understand, sir. I understand, sir. Okay, okay. I understand, sir. Uh, okay, so a few people understand. So I'll just rephrase again in case someone didn't understand. So I said that based on the things we all believe, right? So I want to assume that this person believes in the, in the general sense that we do, that God has no limitation in terms of what he has, his power, his ability to provide, you know, anything, both material, immaterial, you believe that. But such a person who is a Christian has a need or a lack in one area of their life or something that they feel they need an intervention from God from. So can such a person, based on what they know about God and to the, to the best of their ability, they believe, they feel they believe about God, can they just assume that that need will be met. That's my question. I hope I was able to say it again. So anybody, please, you can answer if you have maybe sort of a, an insight into that. And and also based on the teachings that of Pastor, Pastor Bukumi and everything. Don't be shy. <laughs> um, good evening, sir. Yes, good evening, Brian. Yes, sir. Um, just um, maybe just to say something, uh, something small um, that can maybe help. Um, yes, sir. From the teachings, even from last week, um, uh, the things that we learned through Pastor Bukumi, uh, faith is a life. Um, and for a believer who merely just, um, as you said, sir, is just, believing God to meet his needs but you know in terms of how he lives his life how he maybe like you, you can be living contrary to what you believe and faith is not just about you know whatever faith is more than just believing basically it shows in how you live out your life in the conversations you have in the in the thoughts in the, your mannerisms basically and so it's one thing to to live a life of faith and wanting to just confess it with your mouth is what I basically wanted to say, if that helps out. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Um, anybody else? Uh, I'll try, sir. Okay, sir. Um, um, I'll go. Off. Thank you, Brian, my, my brother. I'll go on from what Brian said. You could... As a believer, you could live the life 
have you can live the life of faith by having faith in God, mm-hmm. but you're doing things contrary to that life. You can say, Oh, I can believe God, your God quickened, but you still live a life that is fleshly, like mm-hmm. doing things of the world, but then you could still have faith. But that doesn't mean that there your faith is valid because faith without works is dead. Mm. If there's no works attached to that faith that you have in God, it's basically a dead life that you're living. Mm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay, so you say you believe there, there should be works that... Yeah. Okay. So I believe there should be works as in um, you can have faith, but at the same time, are you put doing works with that faith you have towards God? I can have belief in God, but I don't read my Bible. I don't pray. I don't worship him. But I have faith in God. But okay. if you have, there are works attached to that faith that you're doing, mm. it will be fruitful. Okay. So for this specific person that I, I gave an example of, um, so what works do they need to do? So is it just general works or like what do they need to do? But that's, you know, remember that need I said is a specific need. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. I would say the, the work they will need to do is studying the word and reading the word and also praying, but not just studying, but exercising the word and holding the word, acting upon the word. It is written, you, it's, it's the word, then it's focus on the word, then you pray about it. Then when you pray, you have to wait. It's not only about praying, praying, but you still have to wait for the Lord to talk to you about that thing you're asking for. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay, I love that. Um, yes, praise God. Okay, somebody else. Does anyone? Good evening, sir. Oh, okay. Um, I just wanted to add on. Um, you know how you were asking that is like, where like should the person like come from? I I want to say two or three different things. The first thing being that. Um, we always know that God knows that we have need of things before we even have need of them. Mm. Um, but then there's a place in the scripture that says that we should make our requests known unto mm-hmm. God. Um, so for sure, I think that the person should come from the angle of um, bringing their petition to the Lord and trusting that the Lord is able to um, bring it to pass in accordance to his will. But then to also answer your question on how like their works should be made manifest in the sense of faith without works is dead, is that they just ought to seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and just trust that even in just doing that, the scriptures um, would align in the sense that every other thing will be added and God will meet their needs. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much. All right. Okay, anyone? I think someone raised their hand. Was it Daniel? Hello, sir. Yes, um, sir. I was go, I was just going to give a short answer. Um, based on what we've been learning, right? Said faith mm-hmm. is total um reliance and commitment on God. And as we've been saying, that that man should actually be living by faith, even down to the basic things. So mm-hmm. I'll probably just give a short answer that yes, it's okay for the person to you know believe by faith, of course, after following all the principles like Brian has said, Akana said, Antolo has said, but living by faith should be a lifestyle. It should not be um, negotiable 
Um, we should always live by faith. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I just thank you so much, sir. <laughs> thank you. Okay, I want to rephrase the question. So, so I want us to really get to the the core uh, thing that I, I feel we should discuss. So, let me let me put it this way: Is there a difference between believing in the ability of God? Right, concerning provision, let's say it's provision or something, whatever that particular need is, right? Is there a difference between believing in the that person believing in the ability of God concerning that particular need and believing that God will meet that need? Can you tell the difference between those two things? So, so, so let's let's use an analogy. Now, let's say my little daughter. She knows I have chocolate. She can even maybe see the chocolate where I where I kept it. But, or let's even say she couldn't see it because we're talking about faith now. Let's say okay, um, I told my daughter that hey, I I can give you chocolate or. No, I didn't tell her. Let's just say my daughter knows that I have the ability to give her chocolate. And she's very sure about that. But is there a difference between her knowing, believing that, and when she wakes up in the morning and then feels like having chocolate and then believing that morning that I'm going to give her chocolate? Can you tell the difference between those two things? Right. And I, I feel like if you think about it, this plays out every single time in our faith work with God. Right. Is there is it, is it is that the same thing, believing in the ability of God to prove to meet a, your need and believing that he will meet your need, that part, a particular need that you have? Are those the same thing or is there a difference? Someone can please answer. Yeah. Okay. Hello, sir. Yes, sir. Please go ahead. I can try. So, from what I heard, right? Um, I would say for the believing for the like, sorry, the ability for your daughter to believe that you can meet her needs mm. just by. So, I believe that one comes from maybe. Okay, let me just use an example. So, at first, there's a way like when you're born again, you can actually just have um I testimonies from people but you really don't know what who God really is so mm -hmm. I think from from those testimonies you can actually believe that God can do such activities but mm -hmm. the more you know God there's now a knowing a deeper knowing of actually believing that he can actually meet those needs mm -hmm. instead but, but at first when you first give your life to Christ it's just more of like a hope of what God can do but you really don't know what how like you don't really know what God can do, mm. but you can just believe that this is, these are the things he can do, but you don't mm. really know the depth of God. So that's how I see it. But I don't know really if I, my thoughts are everywhere. I'm so sorry, but yeah. That's <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, awesome. Okay. Um, Daniel, please, I'm seeing your hand. Okay, sir. To answer this question you just asked now, I think there's a difference and the difference is that you believe in God's ability to meet your need and 
but I was believing in God's ability to meet that specific need. Mm-hmm. I know that this um okay, yeah. So so the first the first one, um, as a believer, we should believe that um um that God has the ability to meet our need. But in that specific need, you also um should not hold on to a specific need because God can actually meet our need in different ways, right? So um believing in that specific need looks like you know how we always we talk about how the kingdom of god suffers violence mm-hmm. and yeah and we're, we're about to take something by violence that god you have to meet this specific need without you know even taking the opinion of god first on that need so god mm-hmm. can actually meet our need in different ways it's just that sometimes we might have our own selfish reason on our own specific need that we think so there's a difference between the two of them Okay. Yeah, from my small understanding of your question, sir. Thank you. Okay. Um. So can you just summarize what you said? So you said, can you just summarize it, sir? Yeah. What is the difference? Okay. The difference is um the first one is that if you believe in the ability of God to meet our needs, mm-hmm. versus believing in God meeting that your specific need that mm-hmm. you've held, it could mm-hmm. be that God might have might meet your need in a in the particular need that you you are looking for towards might not be how God wants to meet that your need for you. It could be a different way, yes. And so we should also seek out the um to understand how God meets our need and which is okay. the first. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Praise God. All right. Thank we have you. hands coming up, so let me see. Um, Sister Princess. Good evening, everyone. This is Sharon, actually. <laughs> okay. Hi, Sharon. Good evening. Um, I think there's a difference. Um, I was going to say two things. So the first thing would be, I do believe that it's possible to believe on the ability of God to do, um, to meet every need, even that specific need. Yeah. Um, and then now believing that he actually wants to do it for you. Um, some people come with different understanding of um, of God when they become born again. So yeah. it's very possible to believe that, oh, yes, God can do it, but does he want to do it for me? So that is now um, one. And then the second one is not knowing God's way or not knowing God's, um, the pattern of just basically how God does things. It's very possible that it might not be the time Mm-hmm. for those needs to be met so those are just two things so i think that's the difference i mean okay so if, when you when you bring time in what you're now saying is that there's a possibility that you know god can do it but then you're not you're, but you don't believe or is that you don't believe or you don't know that god wants to do it now like <laughs> maybe yes. at that moment Yes, yes. Like you don't, you don't know, or you're unable to discern, um, or you. Yes, basically, you don't believe, or you don't know if God wants to do it now. Okay. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Um. Okay. I'll go with Brother John. Pastor, good evening. Actually, it's me. Ah. Okay. <laughs> good evening. Good evening. Good evening, yeah. everybody. Yes, Okay, so John and I have been arguing here about <laughs> the two types of faith. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, I'm convinced that these two aspects of faith are um, the first one you talked about that God will meet your needs. Mm. I, I feel it's a faith that is employed in the faith towards God. Mm. And the second one that will God meet that particular need, I think mm. it's now a faith that is employed when you now step into faith of the son. Mm. And I'll explain why I think so. Yes. Because when you're a new baby, just like a new baby, when new baby is born, yes, all he knows is that he wants his milk, he wants his diaper changed, he wants everything he wants, right? And it's the responsibility of the parent to provide all those things for him. Yes. But when you are grown, when you're no more a baby, you're like maybe a teenager, for instance, mm. it's not just your parent isn't going to do every single thing you need. Like your parent is not just going to give you that his brand new car and say, okay, drive it right now when you're mm. like 15 years old. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that come with responsibilities, mm. you understand. And, you know, there are things that you know that, you know, you even you have to even see the temperature of the house before you make some requests. And yes. there are some things that you don't even know are good for you at that point in time. You mm. understand. So it yes. might not even be you you have to it, it comes with a deeper relationship. You're learning a new faith entirely right now. Mm. It, it comes, it comes, there are so many things to know. You're you're learning every day that some of these my needs actually are they even needs or are they just wants? So yeah. you understand there are so many things you are learning at that point in time. It's a different type of faith entirely. So that's my argument. But John's argument is that <laughs> they are the two different faiths are still within the faith towards God. That the, the first one you talked about is just a less kind of faith mm. within the faith towards God realm. And the other one that will God meet that specific need that it's just, is a higher form of faith towards God. Maybe wow. more, maybe there's a little more knowledge then, but none of them are actually faith of the son. I don't know if that kind of yes. needs that was our argument here. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see. I think Sister Atinu. Um. Some people have spoken before, but uh, Brian and Princess, their hands are still up. But I will go with. I think Sister Atinu because we haven't heard her voice. Good evening, everybody. I think Good Sister Wayne actually said um, what I wanted to say. Um, okay. And it can be like when you mentioned that. The scripture that came to mind was like, I've learned how to abase and abound. Mm. You know, like when Apostle Paul was saying that, like, for example, like when you said, um, believing God that he can meet that specific need and mm-hmm. using there as an example, like I, like I want it now. Uh, like Sister Mayan said, like, yes, like now, right now, I want it now. And God does that. But then it, it depends on where you are with God. Like there will be some places where there will be a stage where you get with God, like in your spiritual growth. Yes. Like what Sister Maya said, like faith toward God and faith, faith of the Son, where you you know that yes, it's a need, but is it really no matter how legit that need is, you mm-hmm. still know that God is actually all that you need. So, yes, you still believe that God is able to do everything, is exceedingly able and abundantly able to do all things, but even if he doesn't, he's still God and he's still good. And all things are still working together for our good. So that's the way I understood the question. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, let's see. Uh, Banshe. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, sir. This Good evening. Speaking. Um, I was thinking that the question uh, for um, if God can do 
Okay. Um, like believing that God can meet. I'm sure you sound quite different. It's Tiwa. <laughs> Hi, Tiwa. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Um, I was going to say that I think that um, from my little understanding that um, God can do everything or God can meet our needs is us um, understanding or believing in God's capacity and capability, like God mm -hmm. can meet our needs and then God will meet our needs. I think that calls somewhat into question um, what we understand by the word need um, okay. and just understanding um, like if God believes it's a need for us, mm -hmm. I think it is faith to believe that God will meet all our needs because God yeah. will supply our needs according to his riches. Yeah. Um, but then if he doesn't answer that specific question that we have or that specific thing that we have uh, that we're requesting for that we claim to be a need, maybe it's not actually a need. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, okay, let's go with Jimmy and Shell. Oh. Good evening, sir. Good evening, everybody. Thank you. Um, so I just wanted to add something uh, just in line with uh, everybody has spoken well, and I'm just in line with what um, I believe it was Uncle John and mm. said. I lean a lot towards Uncle John because as you were asking the question, something that just popped in my own mind was um, as a new believer, I think this is the exercise really that has to happen somewhere in in the heart yeah. to migrate from the just that general belief as it were to a more of an inward conviction i haven't handled something or things right a few yeah. things about faith sir and um, and some premises i think there is a particular um book in like that i think reverend kennedy again spoke about something like as a new believer there is a way you can rely on his faith to a degree right but at some yeah. point God begins to come to you to train you to apply your faith. So um, I, I think it's it's uh, a necessary school for everyone. It, first and foremost, I want to say there is a difference between the two scenarios that you painted. Mm -hmm. And um, I believe that there, there is a necessity to move and touch um, what I would say is um, the spirit of faith, if I can say that at that level, okay. where a, a believer knows inwardly that to me like there is nothing god cannot do right mm -hmm. but then i believe then as the believer grows um with more knowledge right um later we would now begin to understand that okay while while you already know this and something deep within you confirms mm -hmm. this right when mm -hmm. answers don't come um we begin to know that okay it's because you know, God knows what is best for me. Um, but just to touch on two things, like, for example, in the realm of, in, in the matter, like, a subject matter, like healing, as an example, um, mm. I think um, Rabbi Tegu will, will say something like, no matter, like, what sickness you have, at, let's say, as a new believer, like, it, sickness is not the will of God for you. So mm. um, it's, um, I don't, I don't think as a new believer, you would think of it as, um, or maybe, you know, maybe this, maybe that, but the exercise in that would be like he, someone like him, it, he, he also believed and the Lord led him. The exercise would be to actually know that the Lord can heal me and, you know, and as faith rises, right, there, it's possible for that healing to come. And in receiving the healing, something actually changes because we know that what faith really wants to do, right, is to begin to turn man towards God ultimately to mm. live the, the exact kind of life that God will have him live 
over the course of his life, right? So I just yeah. wanted to add that little caveat there, sir. Thank you. Yeah, th thank you so much, sir. Yes. Uh, okay, let's quickly move to Brian and Cole. Hello, Pastor Jessica. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. It's, um, it's Wesley. Good evening. Yes. Um, so I believe um, that, you know, just based on your question and also based on everything everyone has said, um, mm -hmm. I believe this is, a, is for me, I believe is a thing of understanding even in the world of, you know, the general faith towards God. Mm -hmm. um, that's um, in the sense that, now, I want to like say, you know, just the milk of the word itself, which um, brings about that, um, the level of faith in which we are talking about. Um, I'm not talking about the faith of the son, but um, I think, you know, there's a difference between someone who believes that God will provide their needs. So let's use um, Zara and yourself as example. You mm. know, Zara, Zara, when she's very small, um, mm. you know, I believe that you can actually provide um, her need and that she will always provide her need but you know you can do it to a level that also when she grows up mm. she still believe that this is the same person that has been providing my need mm. but then you know um, even if he does not provide it um, mm. I still believe that he can provide it but you know maybe there are reasons so I think in even in the world of faith is an understanding and the best example I can give is um Reverend Kenneth E. Hagen also, when he said, um, he says, if you follow my spirit, I would make you rich. And now he said, being rich is not that you have billions in your account. Being rich is that you would have abundance of supply. Mm. You know, so those are two examples. So for example, now he might have a need for money for something. The Lord might not physically give him money, but can, mm. I think somebody spoke about you know, just the way you pray for mercy, but you don't really know how mercy will come. Mercy will come in a way you don't expect it to come. So um, I think it's just a thing of understanding in which in the world of faith, if you are, is a measure of faith. Pastor Bukumi spoke about that. If you're, if you're aged in that place, um, you would understand some things better. And if you're younger, you know, it's, uh, that's why I think it's just a thing of understanding. Mm, thank you. Okay. Well, thank you so much, sir. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. I hope we are, we are catching these things. Um, amen. Okay, uh, I see my wife. Um, yes, please, honey, you can go ahead. Sister Essie. <laughs> Hi, good evening, everyone. Um, I think I kind of agree with both Auntie Mine and Uncle John about this, um, the face. I was thinking of the scripture in Mark chapter nine, where Jesus said to the to the guy whose child had that issue, and he was saying, um, "Can you believe that all things are possible to them that believe?" And then he said, "I believe. Help my unbelief." I wonder if this second one that we're talking about could be a thing where you you know I believe that all things are possible, but maybe in the in the milk faith it's a it's a person who needs to be exercised more to really believe that god can do everything for me I, mm. I wonder if it's a situation like that and you know how the bible says in james chapter one as well that um uh, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways that if you that you should have faith and not be double-minded you know mm. that if you're going to believe god for something you yeah. should be certain about it that come what may be the lord is going mm -hmm. to do 
this for me. But what the caveat is, is that I feel like you can only have that kind of faith if there's certainty that the Lord has said he'll do something. Mm. I don't think that a person should exercise faith for God to meet a promise that he didn't promise them. You know, so, and I think that in milk faith, there's a, there's a tendency to do that, to just, you know, pick something out of the air and say, God can do it. Like, can he really do it? Maybe he could, but will he, you know, on what basis? So I think that the kind of faith um, um, in faith of the son, you know, that, that other people are talking about is a kind of mature faith where th- there certainly is knowledge. But um, I think that milk faith, um, because there's not a lot, of, a lot of knowledge, there can be, you know, mistakes there. So I guess the summary of what I'm saying is that God will only fulfill a promise he has made. So mm. <laughs> you should have faith and not be double-minded, but only about the things God has said. Mm. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, honey. Uh, okay, we have our pastor, Pastor Ceci. Thank you, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, Pastor, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for the, how will I put it, for the wisdom. Okay, and I want to thank uh, Mama Esther and everyone that have spoken. I think I want to latch on to what um, your wife said okay, much sir. more. Because um, these are, we need to pick some key elements of faith, mm. you know. So key elements of faith in the sense that, number one, when you give your life to Christ, as a newborn baby, there are some procedures. Mm. And that is the first thing, first, after giving your life to Christ, is to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So Jesus couldn't even do anything with the disciples than, rather than to tell them to gather in Jerusalem, right? At yes. the upper room. And then he said to them that until you be endued with power from on high. So, so that's one of the key elements of um, faith. And then the other key element of faith is God's word. You know, so the word of God in it, um, let me use this word, barest minimum, like just the way it is. You know, so taking the word of God for what it is, you know, so, and that's basic, you know, when it comes to faith. You know, so like what your wife said, you know, don't ask anything outside that confined. You know, so there is a boundary of faith, and the boundary mm. of faith is within God's word. Mm. So um, that being said, now how do I now say, okay, maybe for example, it's not written in the Bible, acts of me of shoe, and it will mm. be given unto you. You know, shoe. They didn't write shoe directly. Yes. So ahead. So that's where now the Holy Ghost comes in. Mm. So ahead to guide you into with your requests so in an, another key element of faith is ability to hear the holy spirit so i think if we are if we start to teach god's uh, sorry the milk of god's word those are the first things first that should be taught you know how to hear god how to hear the holy spirit mm. how to walk with the holy those things helps helps um, put us in check and in boundary of what faith really is. Mm. Because if we are not careful, then we begin to request for things outside faith. And the reason why we don't receive 
is because we ask are miss. You know, a lot of time is for covetousness sake, like, or for our own lust. Yes. And those are the things the Lord spoke to Papa Egin about by saying, you know, I would give you anything if you are not covetous, you know. So mm-hmm. I want you to be willing and then be obedient. Then you will eat the good of the land. So all of those things are also in leading. Like I would, I would want to say that milk faith is supposed to deliver us to a higher faith. Mm. And you know, it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean that that faith is not holistic in itself. Mm. It is for that level. So, but it has to be properly taught, you know, and um, under the guidance of also pastors, you know, and uh, so when it is taught well, people can request for their need, just like what Bro Jimmy spoke about, mm. about um, um, our daddy of blessed memory, Papa mm. Egin, yes. talked about you trusting God for your healing. Those are the things in the confide of faith. Yes. You have to be able to trust God for your life, you know, beyond even, not just healing, even for your life, even yes. for... So it's also milk yeah. to be able to trust God for your life. You have to be able to trust God for your needs. Yes. You understand? For your needs, not yes. wants. So because your father knows that you have needs mm-hmm. of all these things. So there are things that we have needs of. And God will, will definitely do them, you know, in the comfort of. So also milk faith is supposed to give us a kind of foundation, you know, for trust in our dad. Mm. So it's just like saying, I, I request for things from my dad. Yes. Like my, myself and my daughter, we have, we have dialogues. That's faith. You know, ability to be able to have, we have to be able to reason together mm. and come into conclusions. Mm. To say that uh, this thing is the reason why I'm not giving you is not because I cannot give you, mm. but because of this reason. Mm. Uh-huh. So that thing keeps the heart assured. So you will not fail in faith, even mm. though your dad did not give you at the time, you know, but it, he has assured you in his word based on interaction. Yes. So in that faith, too, you learn some kind of wisdom. Working with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's a faith that helps you to transit properly. Mm. Yeah. So, so that even when God begins to buffet you mm. or bring some dealings, mm. then you can trust him. Mm. So the faith is not meant to just you requesting for things anyhow. Yeah, mm-hmm. they can start like that with you, but in the confine of God's, God's word. You know, and in the guy with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, a lot of things are in that variable to just keep you balanced on the way. Yes, sir. You know, so and then you transit gradually. Milk of God's word is very rich. I don't want us to see it as uh, maybe it's just one thing. No, it's really rich. It's something that we need to pay attention to. Mm. And if we have lacked that thing, we should mm. desire to that God should fill that space. Yes, you know, as we journey. Mm. Yes. Yes, yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank Pastor. You. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, sir. Yes. Thank you, sir. Okay, uh, that was awesome. Um, 
I mean, we hope we're blessed by that. Let's just go on quickly because of time. Um, that was very rich, what Pastor is, was saying. I don't know if we all caught what he was saying. Um, okay, I see Ifemi. You want to say something? It's me, it's me. Oh, Pastor Ifemi. It's me that, <laughs> it's me that put Ifemi, sorry. Uh, I think I'm using my wife's um, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm using my wife's um. Okay, sir. <laughs> yeah, yes, I think I just wanted to add to um Pastor Ceci Paul's um faith. Yes, sir. Because there's this, yeah, like you said, there's this tendency to just think faith towards God is for asking. Mm. And um, maybe I can just put small examples. I remember when I just got born again and I got um acquainted with faith, you know. Uh, and um, there was a there was a place where it's either I tell a lie or lose something. Do you get? Mm. So. Instead of telling that lie, something rose up inside me and I became fearless. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? That's faith, too. Do you get what I'm saying? And yes. I told you, regardless of the consequence, mm. that I didn't have it. I wasn't exposed to faith of the sun then. Mm. But that's also an operation of faith. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Another yes. one is that I can give another example of a um, uh, time where some sister, a sister that lecturer wanted to sleep with, and um, she was, she, she she had enough faith that even if she does not sleep with the lecturer, she will still pass. Do you mm. get what I'm saying? Yes. And she had she had that faith. She kept that faith. So there is not always for you know there, there are some even um works of the flesh, you can have faith to overcome mm. it. Mm -hmm. You have faith to overcome works of the flesh. I remember when uh, Kenneth Copeland was giving an example of him overcoming um addiction to sugar. Mm. He, after he prayed. Then he just started walking by faith and confessing it. Anytime the urge comes, he starts confessing until the urge for, um, for sugar died. So it's not always for asking alone. There are some things that even faith towards God, by the time they, they, when they are making their demand, you can use faith to actually overlook them and overcome them. That kind of yes. Yeah, I just need to mention that. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Praise Jesus. Uh, I, I, I believe this has opened up a lot. So um, before we go forward, I want to, there are some key things I think we can gather from the responses so far uh, that we have received. Um, one of the key things is that the subject of faith is deeper than um, it appears. Right, you know, the way it appears just has something you just believe in God for things. Um, that there are deeper things about faith and our success, you know, deep. Um, the Lord, you, Lord used you to really um, sort of enumerate a few things. You know, you brought the aspect of um, establishing you know, from the milk level, establishing the relationship and trust in that relationship. So you see faith as an instrument to establish trust. Right? And, and that thing is also uh, part of what Pastor Femi was also speaking concerning in, the, in your example, right? It's sort of a, a trust in God, right? That no matter um, maybe that um, situation of lying or something, that instead of lying, you trust in God that um, you that you will be fine by obeying what the Lord um, will desire you to do, which is tell the truth. And same thing with that sister as well, that should be okay. 
regardless of what the lecturer said. So, so you see, faith is is deeper than um, just and we and we are to me, I, I, we are still talking about milk faith here. Yeah. So I think part of our the answers um, jumped a little bit, you know, to see maybe and if an aspect of it was referring to the word of righteousness. Um, one thing I will want to say about that is that uh, when it comes to principles of faith, and which is what we are discussing, um, the principles of faith are they are basic principles of faith which do not change, even when you graduate from one level of the word to another level. And that's something I will, I will want to see. Um, I want to speak about my wife mentioned something, Sister Essay. She said that um, you cannot have faith in God for something that he hasn't said that he will do. So um, that's what I want to just anchor on a little bit and let's see if we can delve into that place a bit. Um, and that, that brings us back to the definition of faith I gave at the start of this before I ask the question. I don't know if anyone can remember what I said, uh, what I defined faith as. I said that faith is believing and acting on the on the word of God. Now, one thing I would just come right, right out and say about faith is that faith is not general. Faith is actually never general in the sense of whoa, whoa, what God can do. God can do this or God is that. Faith is always specific. The way you say faith is a, is a substance of things hope for means is a particular substance of faith that enters into the heart for, for something. And so faith is always um, very, very specific. Now, there are some key scriptures in the Bible, um, like one that is very, I think is so key, uh, and that relates to what we are sort of discussing about is James chapter four. I think Pastor Ceci uh, made mention of it sort of in the way when he was speaking, uh, where, from, where he said, that from whence, I think from verse one, he says, from whence come wars and fightings among you, come they not hence, even from your from even of your lost, that war in your members said you lost and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. Okay. Then it goes to the next category. So, but even when you ask, you receive not. That's verse three, because you ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. So I think this sort of puts to bed that subject that is possible um, because this place, James was actually writing to Christians and for believers, and I'm sure most of these people here, they believe in the power of God. They don't have um, sort of an unbelief in terms of who God is and what he's able to supply and what he's able to give, right? And, and I believe that's even why they even ask in the first place, that if they didn't think he has someone who you, you don't believe has something, you won't go ask him for something. So, so when he says you ask, that means that they actually 
believe that God has those things they are asking for. What he says you can ask, so this established that you can believe that God has something or God can give something and you can ask for it. Now, when I'm saying asking for things, now I'm just using this in line with an, the example. Like we've already established that faith, even the faith in the milk is beyond just asking and receiving things. We've talk, spoken about the trust aspect and all the others. But in order to, we won't go deep if we don't pick a case study and dive into it. So let's just look at this, this application of faith for asking and receiving, because you'll find that it's the same principle. When we land, you discover that it's the same principle across every other expression of faith. So he says, you ask and receive not. So it means that in this case, there is that belief in the ability of God. That's why they ask, but they receive not because he asked amiss. And I think this is very, very instructive, right? And when he says amiss, then that you may consume it upon your loss. You see amiss there, and then you see your loss. Those are the two problems. Most of the time, whenever you see there's a challenge with faith, most of the time there is lost involved, and you find that a lot of what is being desired is coming out of some sort of loss. What is loss? Loss is a desire to have, right? That is not in alignment with the will of God. And that's what makes it amiss. So the key thing here is, and this is what I don't know if everybody's already seen from most of the answers that have come, is that thing, con that concept of God's will, that there is something about the will of God that must be taken, not just taken into consideration, that has to form the basis of faith, that it's impossible for there to be faith anywhere without the will of God. But it's very possible to have for, for a heart, to have hope, belief, expectation, and all of those things completely void of the will of God. Hope, belief, lost, wants, needs, see all those things can be present completely outside of God's will. But it's not possible for there to be faith in the heart of any person, maybe concerning anything, without the will of God. He say you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. And so sort of what I was asking in that question that I framed was sort of to differentiate between the ability of God and the will of God. That is a, a fundamental understanding that anybody who's a, who needs to, wants to approach God by by faith must have the person must understand the difference between the ability of God and then and the will of God. Right? So a lot of times, souls, people who when we pray to God and expect things and sort of walk with God, and this is the place where the devil likes to keep people a lot to so just stay and you know celebrate the you know the ability of God. And you know, dance around, and this is part of sort of where I would say this: the word of faith movement. If it lost track in a way in some circles, is where there there began to be too much, much more celebration of the ability of God than the will of God. Okay. 
So, and what is the will of God? The will of God is just simple. The will of God is just what the Lord desires to be done or what he desires to have happen, what he desires to bring about. So you see that faith is not based primarily on the ability of God, right? Praise, faith is based on the will of God. Now, what will of God is faith based on? You now realize that faith is not based on the will of God. I mean, the faith in a man is not based on the will of God in the heart of God. Faith in a man is based on the will of God in the heart of a man. There's difference between those two things, right? God, the, God can have his will for your life. He can have what he wants to be done. And he has the ability also for those things to occur. But for a person to have faith, that person in that person's heart can must reside the will of God. Means that, and there must be an alignment between what God wills and what the person wills. One of the verses that shows that clearly, I think, is John chapter 15. If you read John chapter 15, sort of, um, you see the Holy Spirit was trying to give that thought here in verse 7 of John chapter 15. It was saying that if you abide in me, right, and my words abide in you, then you shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Right, so it's very clear. This is if you contrast this verse with that James web that we read, you will see that in James they are asking, but they ask amiss. That word amiss means asking. That doesn't coin. That is not when it you you miss the mark. What was the mark that is missed? When it says amiss in asking, what is missed is the mark of the will of God. So once asking misses the mark of God's will, right? Uh, one will not receive what they ask by faith. But here is now saying that there can be a point where the person can ask what they will and it will be done. And that can only happen if, first of all, he said, my words abide in you. That word, words abide, is talking about the will of God because the word of God is the expression or the manifestation of the will of god okay so then based on what i've said i think it should be now it should be very clear then that um what that definition of faith being believing and acting on the word of god that and that word every word of god that must that will cause faith to be present or to arise must be a word of God that comes specific and that is specific and comes by a revelation of the will of God. So you now see that there's a process before faith, that the process that comes before faith is a process of the revelation of God's will. Right? So, and what is that revelation? The revelation of God's will is not. There's difference between an assumption of the will of God 
and the revelation of the will. And I, I believe this is probably where a lot of the answers that we gave, a lot of us, what we said is very correct. And you'll see that. Um, that what bridges the gap between, you know, I think someone might have said that, okay, someone brought in the timing thing into play and said, okay, maybe God, that what you want, God has the ability to give you, but it's not time to receive that thing here. Yeah. So you now see that even that timing answer is actually bordering on the concept of will. So how should the person know that it is not time? There has to be sort of a revelation of God's will in that particular season. Uh -huh. So you, you now have to realize then that to really teach faith, and so if someone who wants to begin to walk by faith and begin to live by faith and live a life of faith and operate by faith, you realize that a huge part of your learning of faith must be around the ability to discern the will of God. That, that is the power behind every person who is able to live a life of faith is the ability to discern the will of God. If you read um, that he cannot eat again, I mean, he's a man of faith and faith, 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 you can get that. But if you're able to sort of take a step back and examine what, what did he excel at the most, you find out that what he excelled at that was his accuracy in maybe in a particular situation, in a particular circumstance, his ability to arrive at the will of God in a particular matter. That was where um, Daddy Higgin, that's how the Lord led him. And that's how he ventured into the arena of learning the spirit, right? The purpose of learning the spirit, um, when I say learning the spirit, it includes a lot of things, right? Um, so learning the spirit in terms of your relationship with the word and the activity of the spirit of God, quickening revelation knowledge through the scripture um, is for the purpose of establishing the will of God in the heart. You know, that, that analogy that I give about my daughter, you know, knowing that, okay, I have the ability to provide chocolate, but how waking up in the morning and having confidence that she's going to have chocolate that morning, she can only have such a confidence if I have said to her that I have this chocolate and I'm going to give it to you. Once I say that to her, I've just given her a revelation. Is a revelation that just came into her heart. Is a revelation of the will, my will concerning her. And once I have given her that revelation, based on her, her experience and her knowledge of me and knowing of my ability, she can take it to the bank that she's going to have chocolate. So you see that thing. It is the same. It's the same way that um, somebody you can't just walk around and say, "Ah, there's a rich man in my town," <laughs> you know, and because there's a rich man in my town. So therefore, I'm going to get this month, I'm going to get $1,000 from him, right? That doesn't translate. The fact that you know a rich man who is nice doesn't translate to him transferring $1,000 to your account. The only reason why you can ever hope for such a thing, unless you are a lunatic, is if maybe you met the rich man somewhere and something occurred, and then that made the rich man to say to you that maybe so so and so so day, I'm going to transfer money into your account. And based on the, the reputation of that man, 
and the ability of that man, you can go around the town telling people, I'm expecting certain certain amount. Are you seeing that? So that rich man telling the person, I'm going to transfer this money to your account is what you call revelation. Right? So revelation is being, is the entrance into the heart of what God wants to do. Right? So you now see that where we people, we make mistake with faith a lot of times is when you think about faith and you're thinking more about yourself and your need and what you perceive your need to be than what God actually wants to do. That's the great pitfall of faith, right? But faith, the someone who walks by faith is actually a person who lives by the consciousness, who has a heart that is constantly in tune to the will of God such that what you really want or what you really need is not the most important thing. That what is most important is the what God wants to do. And then there are other things, like you, you talk about providence and all of that in terms of God's benevolence, um, even when, now it's not everything that God does in your life that you have faith for. There are some things that God will do right in because of with his divine providence in your life <laughs> but the enjoy, enjoyment of divine providence um is something that happens a lot in babyhood stage for christians the same way it does even with in the natural with human beings so for example you have a newborn baby right? when you have a newborn baby you don't tell the baby, okay, you know, the baby um, is pretty much in your hand. It's in your, you, you have to have some providential, you know, activities such as, you know, giving the baby milk when the baby doesn't even know they need milk. You know, you have to, sometimes the baby doesn't want to eat, you do everything that um, the baby needs to have. So you find out that from babyhood and as your maturity goes, you, a person enjoys the providential hand of God. And that happens to a lot of us. And for every single one of us, there's a lot of that. There's, for, 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 for most of us, there's a lot of God's providential dealings in our life than even things that you actively believe God for or you actively have faith for in your heart. But there but becomes a, a, a limit and a boundary between what God can do providentially in your life, the more you begin, your soul begins to gain age and your soul begins to, to mature. And the problem with growing, either growing correctly or growing wrongly, right? Because when it, you, are, you are born spiritually and you're gaining age, there are different kinds of age that comes to the soul. There is age which God gives, which is wrong. And then there's the age which the devil and the world can give to the soul. Now, the problem with the age that the world gives to the soul, which is the age that many of us acquire, you know, a lot. You know, just getting born again doesn't stop you from acquiring age in the world. In other words, by age, I mean stature, stamina, ability to do the will of the devil. <laughs> that is... The, what I mean by age, spiritual age is the ability to do the will. So someone who is born again doesn't automatically 
diminish in their ability to do the devil's will, right? Because that thing of growing up spiritually and having age is more a function of your um, of your learning and your development. What are you developing? If you feed on the world as a Christian and you feast on the world as a Christian, you will gain more age towards the world and you find out you're doing more of the will of the devil. Now, if you grow and you are feast on more of God's will, you grow more towards God. So you find out that the more a soul grows towards the world, the less the jurisdiction that God has in his providence towards that soul, that there will be things that God might want to do providentially that devil will not say, you can say, okay, when this, this, was a, when this person was a complete baby, we understood you could do these things as their father. But now they have age. They've chosen my way. You can't by force bring your things around. There. I don't know if any, I'm speaking to anybody here just to explain some things in terms of the dynamics of um, the implication of, of growing, of the soul growing up. Mm -hmm. um, so um, you now see that the um, growing in faith is um, to grow in faith is to grow in the revelation of the will of God. The amount of God's will that a person has in their heart is the amount of faith. Now, what does the will of God do? The will of God is what brings the that thing we call the substance, right? Say faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? The will of God is what brings the substance of faith, right, into the heart, right? Whenever there is the soul has a revelation, so you can see that thing called revelation. Um, let's just quickly read Romans chapter 8. I think it mentions uh, that a little bit there. Romans 8, verse, uh, let's see. Did I say Romans 8? Sorry, that's Romans chapter 10. Yeah. Okay, Romans chapter 10, it says, uh, for verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? It says, how then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed, right? And how shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? You see that? And then how shall they hear? without a preacher. You see that how can they call on him whom they've not believed? And it's very critically and importantly, how shall they believe on whom they haven't heard? That would believe there is faith means how can faith come without hearing, right? And how would they hear without a preacher? Right? That preacher is the person who brings the will. So all he's saying is that it's not possible to have belief without will. There has to be a communication of God's will. In um, verse 17, summarizes it that faith cometh. How does faith come? It says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, so you see this faith, this word of God here is not just hearing what generally and then faith comes. <laughs> in, a, in a sense, that is accurate, but it's only accurate as far as it's accurate in a specific sense, in the sense that 
the only thing you have faith for, you can ever have faith for, are the things that you have heard God say. That's the only thing. Nobody can ever have faith. And this is, if we can take this from this class, and that's all, we've done something very powerful. Right? This is the basis of faith, and this is where we all get it wrong. That you can never, if God hasn't said something, what you have is not faith. It can be hope. It can be, you know, just random blind belief. It can just be expectation. It can be anything, but it's not faith. You know, if sometimes we can even have, I mean, when I say it's not faith, it's not faith in God. Sometimes you can have faith in yourself and in your ability. And you see, I say a lot of people, when you give when they give testimony sometimes, some things that they testify about is not really what God did. It's really their, their, own, their own self. What they had faith in is in their own ability, not really faith in God. Because nobody can have faith without a revelation of the specific will of God. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God or hearing by the, the revelation of the will of God. Okay, now let me zero in just a little bit more on what I what I what I mean by that. When I say that you can never have faith beyond what God has said to you, or what or let me put it this way: He said that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. So it means that you cannot have faith for anything that you haven't heard God say. Now, what that means, what I mean in practice is this: simply, and this is where. A lot of us Christians have problems. Um, I can come now and say something and from the Bible or maybe a story or something about God, right? And I can say to a believer, and you hear what I said, right? And then Based on that, the, the believer can take that and try to use that as a basis to of an expectation for God to act a certain way towards them. And that is almost like the same thing, for example, as just um, being aware of maybe certain promises of God. You know, God has said, you know, you will be rich. God has said you will be this. God has said you will be that. You know, he will bear you up, lest he cast your foot against a stone, and all of that. There's that's one level of hearing. Like you can, in terms of your your brain can cognitively remember certain things about God, right? Scriptures can be in your brain, and then when you pray, you can pray out of the scripture in your brain. Uh -huh. And then when you you say that and believe, okay, you say, okay, God has said this, therefore this is going to happen. Uh, but that is not the kind of hearing that produces faith. I will go further and say that faith is a product of the word of God and the will of God in the heart of a person. So until the only thing that you can have faith for is what God has said as revealed as his will that has gotten into your heart. Right, that getting the word into your heart. So that hearing, there's something called the hearing of faith, which 
Paul alluded to in, in, a few, in uh, Galatians chapter 3, says, he that works miracles among you and do it, who, who, who minister unto you the spirit and work miracles among you, do it he eat by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. So that thing called the hearing of faith is this, is this thing that Paul speaks about in Romans chapter 10, where he says, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right, so the hearing of faith, right, is the hearing of the heart, is the heart hearing the word of God, right? So, and the heart hearing God's word is the same thing as the, the, the revelation of God's will to the heart, right? So, and a lot of times what, what can happen is that in a general sense, maybe, maybe I'm sick or maybe one of my family members is sick, right? Um, and then you just say, someone is sick. And we know that God can heal. And then you just say, Lord, in Jesus' name, heal that person. Mm -hmm. And then you pray and maybe pray in tongues for some time. And then that's it. You say amen. And you believe because God has the power to heal, <laughs> then it's going to happen. That does not necessarily, that is not necessarily going to translate into healing. It can, but it, it might not. All right. It will only translate into healing if whoever said that prayer, if that prayer was not coming from the general concept of God having the ability to heal. But in that situation, the, the heart having a revelation, the heart hearing that will, hearing the will of God to heal that person. And when I, when I say hearing the will, it can come from it with different ways. It's not necessarily that the Lord spoke to you maybe audibly and then said, I want to heal this person. Now, it can also come from the scripture of the Bible that says, for example, that healing is the children's bread. Simple scripture like that. Right, it can come from the scripture that where it was saying that if there's any sick among you, should take the let the elders of the church go to him and then anointing them with oil and pray for them. And it says there that the prayer of the faith will save the sick. There are many scriptures like that that can, can that can be inferred. But when it comes to the moment of this, what you call the prayer of faith, can that the Hagen taught the prayer of faith? He taught the process of the prayer of faith. And I don't know if anybody has ever, you've really read the account of Daddy Hagen when the first time he exercised faith in his life, when he was on the sick bed. And so the, the Lord was teaching him something valuable. If you want to learn faith, go and read that Daddy Hagen's account of how he got raised from the sick bed the first time when he was sick, when he was young. He kept reading the Bible, he kept reading the Bible over and over and over and over and over again. Right. And then, but after some time, he kept believing. He got to the point where he crossed that threshold of believing in, in the general will of God to heal people. And so he, but it didn't work for him to be raised up. And then until he, what happened for months, he kept reading the Bible. He kept reading the Bible and kept praying, kept reading the Bible and praying and pray, nothing happened to him. But the moment when he had a breakthrough and when he got healed was when that Mark chapter 11, Talk to his heart, and he got the revelation of that Mark chapter eleven, where he says that that if you start, um, if any of you shall say unto this mount, whosoever will say unto this mountain, 
that we have moved and cast into the sea. And then he said, and shall not doubt in his heart. And then a believer, believe that whatsoever he said shall come to pass. I said, he shall have whatsoever he said. Uh -huh. So the, the real revelation of Daddy Higgin at that point was not in God's ability to raise him up. And it wasn't even because he got to a point, he also crossed the threshold of believing that God wants to raise him up, you know, in terms of get, grasping the concept. But what he said was, he shall not doubt in his heart. That word is talking about the sowing, that is a spiritual moment, the moment when, and that is what the concept of confession is. Um, those of us who have maybe come across that idea of, you know, what you're saying, what you believe or what you want God to do, keep saying it and keep saying it and, or confessing the word of God. The whole practice of confession, which that Hagin also taught, is, is actually, if you ask me what is confession, simply the way that Hagin taught it, confession is just getting the will of God into your heart. That was what in the practice of faith, right? That was what, and he said the way you get it into your heart is by putting it on your lips. Right, and when you put it on your lips, there's a way your what you say through your lips can quicken an operation of the spirit to drive what you are saying inside your deep inside your heart. Right now, that is one way. Now, of course, we know, like by learning the spirit further, we know that it's not just the physical act of saying something that puts faith in your heart. That really, what puts faith in your heart is is an operation of the spirit that triggers a revelation. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes what happens with confession, and this is what used to happen in my days when I used to confess things a lot. Uh -huh. This Just to narrate a little bit of the process of most of the time back then, I would write my confession on a piece of paper, maybe by the beginning of the year. And that confession, is, it starts with all kinds of things. Maybe what I just believe, maybe what God would want to do in my life in that year was, and I will add the things I also like. And I begin to make confession, you know, and I just be, I begin to say them in alignment with the scripture. I begin to confess and begin to confess. I begin to confess. Now, when I'm making my confession, I know when what I'm saying has not entered into my heart. And but I but I know that I still need to keep saying it and I can keep saying it. Now, when I'm, I keep making my confession from time to time. I will just be saying something. And while I'm saying it, as I'm saying, it comes almost like a revelation. I don't know how now with experience of revelation knowledge, I can now know that what used to happen back then was a, a, a process of the spirit of God giving a revelation of the heart. It's like a, it's like a flash moment where, where you can see it in the will of God to do that thing. It's a times like the impregnation of the heart with faith. Now that doesn't always occur. Sometimes there are things that I will write on my on my on my paper and confess, and then the revelation I will get is in God's desire not to do that thing. <laughs> so through confession, I can also the that impression of my heart that is an, an alignment with the, with the voice of the Spirit within my heart will, will give a conviction. Ah, this is not really what God wants to do. This thing doesn't align with this season. I will take that in and, and, and scratch it out of my confession, right? And sometimes some things that are not in my confession, 
the revelation for those things will enter inside my heart. Otherwise, I'm praying or something or something. I'm just, just walking to come by revelation. And once that experience happens, where the word of God gets into the heart, that moment, nothing can stop that thing. Even if sometimes it might tarry, it might not happen the way you think it will happen. But the, once the heart has been impregnated with the word of God, nothing can, because what we're talking about is God's will here in the heart. Nothing can stop the will of God in the heart. Now, at that time, my, those dealings were at the level of believing God with my limited understanding of natural things. So the Lord must have given me a lot of leeway. Okay, there are some things that maybe will not just devastate your life, but I can accommodate you having. Of course, we know that those things are not the express will of God, which the faith of the Son of God will bring. But like as Pastor Ceci was saying, those days helped me to build a trust in God as my father, which I'm still depending upon today. And the Lord does that for, for all his children. The Lord wants all his children to go through that phase where you believe God at a particular level and at a season of the sort of revelation that can come to your heart at that particular time based on the amount of truth available to you. The Lord can begin to sow seeds into your heart concerning his will and what he wants to do in your life. And when the heart is impregnated with the word of God, you see that what God wants to do will come to pass. So you see that the process I'm describing of, you know, I'm using this example of just asking God for things because it's very, very practical. So we can see that, if you can see that thing, um, that, that process of what faith is, that Faith is not just wishful thinking. Faith is not just, you know, God can do this. God is all powerful. God is great. And God, these things is written in the word and God will do them. That's not faith. Faith is very personal. Faith is very specific. Faith is not general. Faith comes from a specific revelation of the will of God in the heart. It's like a light bulb. Once that thing goes off, you know, when I'm praying for you know, the prayer of faith for some times. I can just pray because someone can say, okay, this is going on, this is happening. I say, okay, let's just pray in the spirit for a bit. A lot of times, why praying in the spirit? I'm praying in the spirit, why? To receive instruction, right? I'm praying in the spirit for, to get clarity. That clarity I'm waiting for is actually for the revelation for which the faith of that prayer will be based on. And sometimes it comes quickly. Once, sometimes before, I, when I just close my eye, let's pray. I just, something just lands. I just say, okay, this is what God wants to do. A lot of times it's in alignment with this rule. Sometimes it has to do with an understanding of that situation and how it ties in with the will of God. But it's just that there must be sort of faith. It's not a blind thing of just saying things. Faith comes from an impregnation of the heart by the spirit of God, by something that the heart becomes so convinced about that this is actually what God wants to do in this particular situation. <laughs> okay, so now I would love to take this thought and then try and move it forward. Because for many of us, we've already, we are already moving into the season of the faith of the son and all of those things. And then to see how this principle of faith um, operates in terms of the specificity of that, that activity, right? That that see that light bulb moment, that revelation moment, that thing was a call. 
without that, there is no faith. Anybody who has doesn't have such a moment concerning anything doesn't have faith for that thing, no matter what they say. You understand? No matter what they say. And you see, people can believe in all kinds of things, but those things are not faith. faith any process that doesn't involve the, the word of God, the word of God by the spirit of God, creating a revelation, an aha moment. Ah! And sometimes that can happen. You can take one scripture and read it and read it and read it. The same thing, the same thing, the same thing. That's happened to me a lot. And I'm reading the same scripture, the same scripture. But one day something happens with that scripture. The moment that thing happens, it's like a, a lie. It's like that is the voice of the Lord talking to you specifically, to your own heart, saying this particular thing is something I want to birth, you know, in your life. When that moment happens, that's what faith is based on. Now, um, uh, like what Pastor Femi, let me take, for example, Pastor Femi's own analogy, what he said. The example of maybe it's time to lie <laughs> when naturally you would lie to get yourself out of a situation. Okay. Um, then, you know, um, everybody who tells the truth, who is a Christian, not everybody who tells the truth who is truthful as a Christian is telling the truth by faith. <laughs> I don't know if you get the sense of what I'm what trying to say. That someone can tell the truth by religion because the Bible has said tell the truth or just by culture or just by, um, how do I put it? Um, just there are many things that can make you laugh. I don't want to go to hell or, those who lie goes to hell. That can make you tell the truth. But that is not a faith process. It's not a faith process. And anything that is not of faith doesn't really glorify God. And God doesn't actually receive it because whatever is not of faith is sin. So you see a lot of righteousness that is not of faith, right? In the that Romans chapter 10, Paul was saying, he said, but the righteousness that is of faith speaketh us, right? Or is said in this wise. That is, he was making a differentiation between the, 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 the Jews who went about seeking for their own righteousness and then the righteousness. There's a righteousness that is of faith. So I've now moved now from faith for getting things into the faith of righteousness, which you also find in a sense in the milk of the world and, uh, and which moves on and becomes full blown. When you move into the faith of the son. Now, but so in terms of that faith that has to do with living rightly, and in Pastor Femi's example, right? Um, you can have two people in that kind of situation. One of them is a religious man, a pious man, who most likely, based on his own pride of never having told a lie, or since he, he remembers himself, can decide it doesn't matter what you're offering or whatever you would do. I'm not, I'm just not going to lie. And based on his religious frame. He can be truthful. And we have a lot of people like that in the world. The world is full of such people who don't lie. Uh -huh. But it doesn't mean that they, they are not lying has anything to do with faith. Uh -huh. But the one that Pastor Femi was, was describing is a different thing altogether. It's not a thing of just uh, religion. It's that in that moment when normally he would tell a lie, but something arose in his heart. I can tell you if, you, if you, if we tell him to describe that experience, it was something that arose in his heart. That thing is revelation. 
is a revelation of the will of God concerning being truthful. And that revelation, it came with, and faith always comes with grace. It comes with its own. It's like it just, it's like they pour something inside your heart that you just, what you would not naturally do, if well just comes on the inside of you to enable you to do it. And in that situation, he was able to tell the truth, damning the consequence. Mm -hmm. So that is an example of that kind of operation of faith. You see that it had to do with a revelation, right? So revelation is not always maybe one scripture coming. But if you check why did that revelation come to him, you can probably tie it to some scriptures he has meditated on in the past that created the avenue for the Holy Spirit to give him that sort of moment where his heart, where he had that aha moment, ah, it's true that I can actually stand and tell the truth, you know, come watch me. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're moving into the season of revelation, right, and let's now, let's now move beyond asking God for things and specific things. Let's move into more of walking by faith, or you can call it living by faith, as um, the book of Romans chapter 1 put it, where he was speaking about the gospel of Christ, said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it's the power of God unto salvation. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written that the just shall live by faith. You see, therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. But therein, therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, but it's written that the just, the just shall live, the just shall live. That word, the just shall live, the just shall, shall have life, the life expression of the just uh -huh. shall be by faith. Now, when you sum up a person's life, who is a Christian, right, who maybe has begun to walk with God, Maybe they are journeying maybe towards the make of righteousness, the word of righteousness. Uh -huh. Like, okay, let's let's before we get to word of righteousness, let's take what Pastor Sessi also said. I love those, all those examples. He also he then gave the the uh, um, the example and highlighted the concept of trust, right? That the trust which the father wants to build in the relationship with you, uh -huh, which is a faith-based faith -based relationship. We now say that that trust is something that you can draw upon at different times and which you will probably draw upon, you know, for the rest of your Christian journey uh -huh, because of your trust in the goodness of the Lord. Well, you see, that trust will, will be based on incidents when the, the, the heart has heard the word of God and the word of God has been sown into the heart. Right, not just the word of God on the pages of the Bible is not enough to make a person trust God. Because when push comes to shove, when it comes to a difficult situation, what is written on the pages of Scripture cannot cannot you know make a person live out the reality of God being their father. That when pressure is put on the soul and it's time to live and to make decisions or you know how do you get your needs met? Do you want to Trust in your own ability, or oh God, in your you leverage your relationships. You know, make calls, make it happen. 
versus us they want to believe and look for what God is saying. When it comes to those things, the ability to do that will, will not be based on what you've read in the page or what you've heard the pastor say, right? The summation of how much faith you have as a Christian is the summation of how many times did you have that light bulb moment? In that, you know, when I say the light bulb, I mean that aha, aha, oh, wow, okay. See, whenever that moment happens to you, you just got faith. You just got a substance. It's not possible for you to have the revelation of the will of God. It doesn't matter whether the will of God is talking about car or house, or whether it's talking about the new heaven or the new earth, or or the world to come, or the angels, or talking about the tabernacle, is it, if it's the will of God, it's not possible to have a revelation without a release of faith in the heart. And faith is very, very dynamic. So, and, and, it's sometimes, and a lot of times, it's not easy for you to really compile, maybe when you're able to measure out the work of righteousness, you might not know exactly at what point the faith for that righteousness actually entered inside your heart. That's why at, at the core, and this obviously we can take this from this tonight, that at the core of you know, your activity as a Christian, you must be a hearer. Right? You must never any opportunity that's given to you to meditate on the word of God, you know, to and and that's what really that's what um really makes your this what really uh, makes your walk with God count are those moments when you have the word of God entering inside your heart, right? It doesn't, how many meetings you got went to doesn't count like that. Even, I mean, not directly, indirectly it can count, depending on what you use the meeting to do or what you are doing when you are there. Or listening to messages by itself doesn't count like that. Or just reading your Bible, the amount of hours you spend in all those things does not translate into your spiritual life, right? Your, the sum, your spiritual life, the summation of your spiritual life is in how many moments in your life did you have that such an experience where something entered inside your heart? You can listen to a two-hour message and that happened just once. So for some people that happens once a week. For some people that can happen once a month. For some people like can go through a whole year that never happened and they are Christians. And you can find that a lot in circles where, or in Christian communities where the word of God is not preached by the spirit and where revelation knowledge is not celebrated. You will find that anywhere that, that the approach towards God that is not via the spirit and via revelation, any place where such things are not really, you know, given place, people will struggle with faith because the summation of a person's faith the summation of, of, of you know, a person's spiritual life is a summation of how, much, how frequent do you have such moments, moments of revelation where what? The word of God, the will of God enters into your heart. That moment where, ah, I see it. I, I just saw that right now. I just got that right now. Ah, okay, wow. That's what that means. Oh my God. That moment, see that, you just, when you do that, you just leave. That's what they mean by the judge shall leave. You just leave. You just, you just, an activity of life just happened to you, right? Because of women. So you should, as a Christian, you should, my summary is you should seek after moments of revelation because those moments of revelation are 
they will, will become your bounty of fate. Right? When you see a person who um, excels with faith, in faith, is a person who hears God well constantly in their heart. You know? And um, I want to encourage every of us um, that this, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't, this message sort of should um, maybe sort of steer you up to, or challenge you not to be passive in your faith walk and not to just do the basics and just mark the number and just mark the time and just be in the meeting, be in the service or just listen without constantly praising. A lot of times, what you, the reason why you pray, for example, when you're coming for a meeting, when you're coming for fellowship or something, a lot of times it's good to spend time in prayer. Don't just show up, right? If you don't understand spiritual things, you feel your showing up is enough. But when you understand spiritual things, you you tune your spirit. I mean, when I back then, when um, you know, in fellowship, when I was young, I was some ten years ago plus ago, fifteen years ago, just in fellowship. Then I was under the season of milk of the word. A lot of times before service, we would pray. I, I would tune, our spirits would be so tuned to the point where we'll know sometimes the message before the pastor preaches. We know what the word. We can you can smell it in the air. So that when you are tuned out to when you go to a meeting, you will be hearing, you will be almost every word that is coming will be landing inside your heart. You will go to, you know, you will go to a meeting. And if you are going to go to a meeting and sit down there, why don't you go and get the best? You know, it has to do with the, how tuned the heart is. You know, in this teaching of faith, uh, Pastor Bukumi was really giving, according to the manual, different ways that pray, faith comes. You know, he also mentioned praying in the spirit. Uh -huh. But praying in the spirit is for to almost like till the ground of the heart, make the ground of the heart not hard, soften the ground of the heart so that that process of the, 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 the receiving of the seed of the word can come you know, into the heart. Um, so I don't know if I've been able to just um, say something to us today, um, but please don't take this lightly, okay? Um, this is all matters. This is the, at the end of the day, when everybody says we've been with God, we've been around the waters you know, for for 10 years or five years, then when you see those people, the difference between them will be what did they use their time for? How much of that time did you actually spend having spiritual experience? And how much of that time were you just among the number? Uh -huh. So, and by God's grace, the Lord will make us all into great people of faith because we will prioritize that activity of the will of God by revelation being sown in our heart. Amen. Okay. I've said a lot, but I'm sorry I felt I needed to. Um, so does anyone have a question based on what I said or anything I mentioned? <laughs> no question. Okay. Mm, all right. Um I'm just looking for something that will indicate to me that someone had what I said. Um, okay, so does anybody want to sort of summarize the, the points that I made? If you can, just to make me know that um, I was understood. I can try. Yes, sir, please. 
So, so we talked about that um, faith towards God should be by revelation. Mm. And he gave some principles, some practical principles. I know when he started, he said, when we move to the practical, that's when you realize that there's a lot and you give some practical principles. But majorly, um, centered around having the revelation of what God's will is mm. um, for you to believe in that thing that you want God to do for you. And um, you, you know, we looked at some scriptures and we looked at the James, um, looked at James chapter four, that mm-hmm. why you ask and you ask and missed. And the reason why we ask and miss is because um, it's outside the, the boundary of the of God's will. And for us, you know, I think you taught us on the steps we should take in order to find what the will of God is. And you define that if it's not by revelation, then it's not actually faith. It could be many, many, many other things. Like you are believing, you are hoping. Sometimes it could even be faith in your own ability or faith in other things, but not faith towards God. And if it has to be faith towards God, it has to be by the revelation of the will of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you've encouraged us to always press forward to have that light bulb moment where we, mm-hmm. we get this revelation and preparing our hearts. And also we talked about how it's the word that actually enters, the one that enters into your heart that um, creates that, um, that creates that, um, let's say, access or doorway for mm-hmm. you to actually have that faith. So mm-hmm. our battle really should fight for, we should fight for, we should fight, we should fight for how this revelation should actually find its way and sit and crystallize in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And that's what meetings should be. And you also advised us um, on preparing before we come for meetings and pressing towards, you know, and basically how we should cherish um, revelation knowledge and revelation of God. And that's how faith will come, as we saw in Romans 10, that faith will come back. Yeah, thank you, sir. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, that was awesome. And just to mention another aspect of um, like spiritual living, um, like living, especially as you're you are growing up and you know you're coming into maybe the faith of the Son um, and the Word of Righteousness too. You find that most of what you do in life um, is not in such moments of um, maybe I need to I need this, and then you have to ask God for that thing. And you know what I mean. A lot of life just happens, and for most of the time, life is almost like an autopilot where you are just living from your heart and you know doing things based on your judgment, right, of specific situation. Now, when the Bible says that the just shall live by faith, um, when living faith, the way living faith, I mean faith for living, like your everyday life, how faith plays in plays out in your everyday life is not in maybe you stopping for every single thing a decision in your life and saying okay lord god what's the revelation for this and wait and pray in the spirit for his will to enter into your heart you know that's not the practicality of living Uh because life is quicker than that Mm -hmm. but what you'll find out is that maybe you go through your whole day or maybe through your whole week there will be moments in your week where you are, you lived your living counts in the in in the spirit to God 
as acceptable and they were part of your moments of your life through the day or the week that is not really acceptable because they were not born out of faith. You know, the Bible says whatever is not of faith is sin. Mm, and so um, the amount of, the way that thing works is that the more, um, as you're living, you're living based on an established judgment that's already in your heart. So every time you're faced with a circumstance or a situation, right, you decide what you, is right to do based on what is, I mean, if you are trying to live right, you know, you check your conscience and your conscience tells you, okay, this is the right thing to do. Then you do it. Now, not everything in your conscience is right, right? Your conscience could have been part of, part of the things in your conscience based on your growth level might be wrong. Your conscience can tell you something sincerely. In other words, you can be sincerely wrong. Um, but you try to, to get the best out of your heart to do the right will of God. Now, what would guarantee, what makes a life of a person pleasing to God is how much righteousness is in the conscience, right? And the amount of righteousness in your conscience, which is what will culminate in the judgments that you make per time as you live, is based on how much revelation of righteousness you have received. So when you are getting revelation, that's why it's actually very, um, it's a folly to sort of um, preempt the process of revelation knowledge and only take what you feel is relevant to you in the moment. That's a very, that's a very, that's in fact an evil heart of unbelief. It's a very bad way to approach the, the learning of God. So to try and use your, your own mind to judge revelation and then pick and choose what you want. Because a lot of times when the Lord and the Spirit of God is bringing a season of revelation around you, it's not for what your even your present mind can comprehend. It can, most of the time, the purpose of revelation is actually to write upon your conscience and to write on your heart and to and to input judgments inside your heart that you might not even need to call upon. You know, the circumstances of life that will require that judgment might not even arise till two, three years later. Right. So that's why we must be very flexible and open when it comes to revelation knowledge. Right. That the process of staying around the word of God and and living constantly from revelation moment to revelation moment to revelation moment is that while you are you are hearing the word and listening to the word and allowing the Holy Spirit to inspire the word within your heart and bring understanding, while you are doing all those things, they are writing within your your cons your heart fresh you know fresh writings of judgment and righteousness. And when two years down the road, you are be faced with a situation that should draw upon those things that were written in your heart, and you are able, to, and those things are found in your heart, that is a moment of walking by faith, even though it did not involve you stopping and praying the Holy Ghost and receiving, aha, this is what I should do. You know what I mean? So a huge part of your faith walk, when it comes to the actual walking and living by faith, a lot of times is not an instantaneous process of waiting, reading your Bible, kneeling down, praying, getting revelation and acting. A lot of times, it has to depend on, on accumulated righteousness over time because you subjected your heart to the constant exercise of seeking the revelation of the will of God that should rewrite the heart and rewrite the conscience that will make the conscience more, conscience more likely to produce righteous judgment you know, when you are faced with them. Um, things amen okay 
I'll one more chance for anybody who has a question before we, before we wrap up. Okay. Um, no question. All right. Okay, I want to assume everybody was blessed today. Um, Father, we thank you. We give you praise for tonight. Thank you for helping us to meditate and for uh, we believe that you have sown the seed of your word in our heart. Um, I pray, Lord, that you will grant to everybody um, the grace to live by faith, to walk by faith. We ask, Lord, that um, the principles of faith, um, which are key, which are key, Lord, to you, which are key to you. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. But I pray, oh God, that you will grant deep understanding of this concept to every heart, I pray. Let your spirit reveal it and expound it and bring understanding. That we will understand the economy of faith, that only way which you have given for us to walk in, in pleasure. Father, I pray that you will help our hearts, expound it more, give more clarity or understanding. Thank you, our Father. If there's anybody believing, Lord, now for anything, I ask, oh God, that you will, your spirit will bring about the leading that will produce a revelation of your will within their heart that will cause faith to arise, oh God. And I pray that with every prayer of faith, Lord, your heart will respond to us. Thank you, our Father. We give you all the glory. Bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Um, next week, by God's grace, we'll continue. Um, with the with chapter four, which is the chapter on baptism. All right. Um, take care. Have a good night.